On the deck of a ship called Murderous, you look into the horizon and see a tempest of inky black. Now, even the most hardened sailors would call such a storm certain death and rightly veer away and ride the winds to safer seas, but you five cats know better. Death is not someone you run from. Death is someone you run to greet. As you prepare, each of you, for this maelstrom between you and your destination, you each remember the words that brought you on this quest. Words that slipped between skeletal lips. Sing me no song of your feats and your daring. I've lost all my patience. I'm long past caring. I've had something stolen, a life I once claimed, a cancer once pruned, a weed I had tamed. So I sought those ferocious, most vicious and vile to embark on a quest that is cunning and guile. The quest that I have is not one for the weak. I have chosen you cats, for I have what you seek. That thing you call glory is a foolish endeavor, but it's something I'll grant if you help me to sever the threads to this world of a beast that won't die. It's likely you'll fail, but I ask you try. If you vanquish this monster and emerge victorious, I vow to you now your deaths will be glorious. I'm fated to speak in both riddle and rhyme, but I'll tell you now plain, we've near run out of time. So I challenge you all to accomplish this feat. For there's nothing that death dislikes more than a cheat. My First Dungeon presents... Night Hives to Valhalla! Featuring Michelle Chan Bennett as Hello Kitty. Elliot Davis as Skunder. Abby Hepworth as Inga Carolyn Page as Mr. Tumbo Chanuk Tissera as Bulla and Brian Flaherty as Death hear the crash of a bolt of lightning. 
louder than anything you have ever heard. You see waves taller than the tallest buildings threatening to broadside this ship, the murderous. Each of you running to your stations, attempting to make your way past this maelstrom to your destination. But you may not make it out alive. I'm going to need everyone to attempt to kill this storm. Yeah! And as you do so, I would like you to introduce your characters. A storm like this is not something that can be bested by one of you. It will take a few of you to destroy it. As you feel the boat get smashed with a hard wave to one side, the boat tips hard, pitching hard to port. Who would like to first introduce their character? I'll go for it. Abby, please uh, introduce your character and tell us how you attempt to kill this storm. Yes, my name is Inga the Unsinkable, and I plan to keep that title. I am a Norwegian forest cat who has some experience on the sea, so I believe Inga is at the helm of the ship, manning the, the wheel. Her mastered weapon is Fang and Claw, which is viciousness and ferocity, but I feel brutality is really what's going to do well here. Nature only recognizes brutality and sheer force of will. Inga is going to try to just use brutality and brute force to keep steering the ship straight through, dodging these waves as she knows how. I'm rolling... My brutality die. You'll roll any two die that you think work. So brutality and mm. something else. We're going to do brutality and viciousness for finesse. And also because then I am going to ask to use two of my blessings. Okay, what blessings do you want to use? The blessing of claw and tail, which allows me to increase my viciousness die by one. Sure. And then Obastus's fur, but I'm just going to call it Bubs's fur which is that I can add D6 when attacking from darkness, which is the storm itself. You are <laughs> pitched in blackness as rain is cascading around you in thick, cold sheets. With all those uh, adjustments, what dice are you rolling? I will be, my brutality is D4. My viciousness is D6, but will go up to a D8. And then I'm adding a D6 because I'm attacking from darkness. Hell yeah. And this storm, just so you guys know, is rolling two D10s. Oh, tough SOB, eh? Wow, good good for the storm. Abby, go ahead and uh, let me know what you get. All right, so that's two plus four. Four is six plus one is seven. So, sorry, you just take your highest die. You don't add anything. Then it's a four. <laughs> this storm rolled a two and a four as well. Oh! In ties in this game, both things die. <laughs> Rock on. Abby, I how does how intense this game is. How does Inga meet her next death? Oh my how, god. And how does she kill a part of this storm? And I, I will tell you, every time you guys kill every time you guys kill the storm, it will go down a dice size, getting easier and easier. If you are unable to kill the storm, it will go up. If it succeeds at a D12, the ship will be destroyed. Oh, my God. Uh, so Whoa. because you were successful, the ship will now be rolling with D8s okay. uh, on its next roll. Well, at least I got that going for me. <laughs> I think that because it's like a tie, Inga 
goes to steer the ship straight head on into like a ridiculously tall, you know, absolutely wild wave. And it's almost like like in medieval where you lance competition. Um, jousting? Jousting. Uh, no lance competition. <laughs> lance competition. Yeah. Lance competition. <laughs> a lance off. A lance off. <laughs> and so she's steering head on in and also the whole time as she's approaching this wave is just doing a deep guttural. You turn the boat directly into this wave because the only way you can get past the wave is to go straight through it and you know it. The front of this boat pierced forward as if itself is a lance, attempts to drive directly through this wave, and as you see this wave begin to crash over you, it's almost as if you see the hooves of opposing horses stampeding over you as you are blasted back by a wave and slammed into the mast uh, about 30 feet back. You feel your soul momentarily leave your body in a trip you have made many times before as you are carried by Valkyries to the gates of Valhalla. And you know up there is not yet your time, but it is getting much closer than you may like to admit. Mm. You receive yet another blessing of Valhalla. And you feel your body momentarily calm and warm and safe and in this beautiful light of Valhalla. And you hear beyond the gates that endless glorious battle, that endless drinking in the mead hall, and you wait and anticipate the time that you'll be allowed entrance through these gates. But as a cat, it takes not one trip here, it takes nine. And you are sucked back into your body, back into the cold and the rain. But the storm slightly lessened through your efforts. You see this wave, you pierce through it. The boat riding hard over top of it. Who would next like to attempt to kill this storm? As Inga's body is thrown back against the mast, you see a huge, very round, gray tomcat go, ha ha! And, and race up. He knows that she'll be back again, and he he toddles up surprisingly fast for someone of his stoutness, and grips the wheel with two paws and tries to keep it on course so Inga can have a moment to rest and recover. For uh, Mr. Tumbo, too, has made the trip to Valhalla many a time. He's got a little flask around his neck. Not a flask almost, but like one of those, you know, like a St. Bernard would have, like a little (laughs) bunch of hot wine or something. He's got that. um, For he's a a warrior monk who's dedicated his life to drinking and dining and all the finer things and kill, try to kill anyone who gets in the way of his pursuits of earthly pleasures. And He's going <laughs> to use his brutality to first shout out orders to the other members of the ship to just try and coordinate and, like, you know, I don't know any ship terms. <laughs> Shore up those lines. Fasten down the rigging. 
Those were that all very great. good ship terms. Yeah, that sounded good. <laughs> I've played an, I've played enough Black Flag. I should know a little bit. <laughs> I guess I'll just roll my brutality. Uh, so you'll roll uh, any two dice you like. So one brutality and one whatever else you think would apply. I see, 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 see. Okay, in that case, I'll roll my ferocity because I have, having died five times before, I have five blessings. And Rustrum's darting flame, if I roll a six on my ferocity dice, then I shoot fire also at the storm, which I don't yeah. know what that Hell would yeah. do, but here we go. Mm-hmm. A one and... A seven. The storm got a three and a seven. Oh my god! <gasps> <No>! <laughs> what if we don't oh make my it god. to the storm? <laughs> so I hope we die. <laughs> I go ha ha, and oh, then I go with a mouthful of water. <laughs> so despite this, again in this game, for all ties except when you are facing off against death themselves, both things die. See this massive wave that you just pitched through and you grab onto the steering wheel as Inga attempts to like right herself back up and get back to the wheel. You see a wave coming instead from port. Waves coming from different directions. This storm is a true maelstrom. Things are coming all around you and you try to pitch it hard to port so that rather than get broadsided and get knocked over, you can pierce through it. You wretch it over, calling out orders. How do you meet death in this moment? Shore up that rigging, smashing down those lines, make sure there's no... And then a glorious swordfish gets swept up from the ocean in the maelstrom, and you see this, a swordfish come flying out of the inky blackness of the sea straight into my mouth, and it goes through the back of my spine and severs my spine, the lacerations, and then I go... And then I get up and pull it out. And you see as the serrated nose of the swordfish gets pulled out of my the gaping hole where my spine and the back of my head was, you see a glowing light and a faint chorus of cats, uh, like the caterwaul at the night. You hear like, and like you see a glowing light and it, I'm healed up and then I go, ha ha. Not today, and then I throw the swordfish back into the sea. You, you have a brief moment as you're being carried by the Valkyries to the gates of Valhalla to receive this next blessing, where you're still you like pull out the swordfish before you take the strip, and you're holding onto the swordfish. And one of the cats who is pulling the chariot goes, "Been there before, yeah." <laughs> you think Inga thinks to herself she sees this happen, and Inga's like, "Ooh, that's gonna be a fun one to retell." <laughs> Uh-huh. You pull the swordfish out and like chuck it like a knife and it <laughs> slams into the side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you crash through this wave, killing this storm once again. It is now reduced to D6. Come on, you kittens, pull your weight. Who next would like to attempt to kill this storm? I can go. Go for it. So Skunder heals himself off the deck after lying completely prostrate in the face of God, uh, not God, of death. And and then when called to action, scrambles up the mast. And you see that Skunder is a, a hairless cat. And and he sort of has a little bit of a hunch to him. And he's wearing no shirt, um, but has a 
like multi-layered uh, kilt kind of vibe, leather kilt kind of going on, full Hell of yeah. like with like pouches of various arcane implements and stuff hanging off. The most notable of which is a small rat skull that sort of dangles back and forth off his belt that he is often found whispering to. Skunder also has one eye in perpetual zoomies mode. <laughs> As in it's just like wide? It is just the pupil is always full. Gotcha. Um, That's disconcerting. It's extremely Skunder. disconcerting. Uh, Skunder is just like, <laughs> and he starts scrambling up the mast, um, looking very like marmy and creepy and then he pulls into a little pouch and pulls out a small bundle of like sort of a red tinged catnip he uses his back legs to hold onto the mass eats some of the catnip and then puts the rat skull in his mouth and starts channeling some dark magic out of his mouth at the storm you see in the dark clouds above you lightning begins to crackle across the sky making this like spider web of electricity and it begins to slam down towards you as if sword strikes and you battle it back with this red magic go ahead and roll up uh, what what dice do you think will be proper for this i'm rolling with cunning and ferocity uh to use my dark magics and do you have any blessings that you'll be able to use on top of this uh no blessings active at the moment no okay i will tell you now that you've decided how you're running because you're not using brutality. Uh, actually, you oh, know what? Because you are fighting against the lightning rather than the waves in this case. Right. So what are you using? You're using magic? You know what? I'm I'll using magic. You. Uh, if you were fighting against the waves, uh, you would have needed to use brutality. I think because you're fighting against the lightning, using magic will work here. Okay, cool. So it's just going to be rolling 2d6. Okay, great. I got an 8 and a 7. Ooh. It got a 3 and a 5. Let's go. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I think that this this red this crackling red energy builds up in the rat mouth that is in Skunder's mouth as he sort of leans off the mast and channels this and they meet very um like magic battle style the lightning and the red lightning from from my mouth meet and then rather than push the lightning back it actually just grabs onto it and pulls it into Skunder and Skunder fully eats the lightning of this part. You hit this like Kamehameha blast type thing. Is it rather than it being the progress bar going back and forth, you just <laughs> suck it in. And you even feel like the webbing of this lightning begins to diminish and get sucked in. And you see the storm almost decide to stop with the lightning rather than get consumed by your magics. Mm. The storm is now down to 2d4s. You feel it beginning to slowly pitch a little bit less. The waves no longer the size of skyscrapers are now the size of, you know, a small apartment buildings or something. Still <laughs> devastating, but Instead not... Instead of large apartment buildings, they're just the size of small apartment buildings. Exactly, exactly. This is not Central Park South. This is Central Park West. You know what I mean? One family home. This is a family home now. Um, but the sky is still littered with bits of lightning trying to avoid Skunder's magics. Storm is down to a D4. Uh, this may be the last wave that we need to kill the storm, or we may have to keep going. Hello Kitty and uh, Bulla. What do either of you do in this instance? Bulla is hiding like under a table because uh, the lightning <gasps> is scary. <laughs> and uh, But sees... Skunder eat lightning and just yells, We're just letting the witch 
do we letting a witch hang out with us? That's, I'm not a witch. You're a witch. <laughs> then like comes out from under the table and looks at Hello Kitty is like, don't worry, Hello Kitty. I will protect you from the witch and <laughs> is going to, I guess, as the storm is starting to clear, like sees the eye of the storm is going to try and overtake the wheel to steer us into the, the eye of the storm. Hell yeah. You grab onto the wheel and you see that momentary as Skunder sucks in the lightning, it gives you the outline of the clouds in the sky and you see this circular nature of it and you see this area where there isn't lightning because there isn't clouds, because there isn't atmosphere, because there is a moment of respite there. Of course, the moments before the eye of the storm are some of the most intense, but you know if you turn into it and you pierce it, you will be safe and you can ride in the center of this storm to your destination. Because you're using brutality, this thing will only be rolling two d4s now. Uh, Shnook, what uh, dice are you going to be rolling? I'm going to roll my brutality and my viciousness, which I believe are both d8s. Nice. And then any uh, blessings of Valhalla that you'd like to add in? No, 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 no. Right. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. You might be okay. <laughs> I rolled a four and a one. I rolled two ones. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Thank God. You turn hard into the storm, attempting to pierce through uh, to the eye of the storm. Bala, what do you do to kill this storm? I yell, this is how you calm a storm, witch. Not a witch! You're a witch! Yes, hard right uh, towards the eye of the storm. And as, like, the waves start getting, like, more calm, and then uh, I look at everyone and I'm like, see, that's how you, that's how you take care of a storm, lovely Say people. Say it again. You're a witch. <laughs> You're a witch. What you have is unnatural. Calm down, ye kittens. We're alive. That's all that matters. Praise for now. The Valkyries. Bella licks Mr. Tumbo and goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I lick you back, and we start doing that thing where cats are like, they really get into it, and it kind of grosses you out, and you're like, well, they're just showering. But like, <laughs> <laughs> You pierce through this storm, and you find yourself in the eye of this maelstrom, the eye of this hurricane. And it is heading towards land, directly due north where you guys were heading, and you begin to ride inside of this thing. As you do, Skunder, you uh, continue to eat bits of the electricity from the outside. This storm continues around you. You have bested it, you have uh, killed aspects of it, but you still see an anger in it. Hello Kitty. You, uh, first off, Hello Kitty, as you see Skunder sucking in this lightning, uh, what do you, uh, what do you, what do you think about this? Because you, you've had some contentious relations with the manner in which Skunder executes his dark magics. I think in this moment, I'm not too angry because I do want to <laughs> persist. However, I was planning to attack the lightning, so now I need to come up with another strategy. Is it? opportune for me to do in it to attack the, the the storm or has my time passed i'm happy to be a supervisor you look around and you see you found yourself in these this calm in the center this eye of the storm but the storm around you is angry 
like it's it's different from a storm that you've seen in the past you've seen storms be violent and be vicious you've never seen a storm be so angry that it's been bested so many times by so small a creature and as this happens you see Skunder up there beginning to like suck in like various little bits of lightning with his magics you see a combination of of inga and Bulla and Mr. Tumbo all kind of like helping with, or I guess Mr. Tumbo and Bulla are giving themselves baths and uh, Inga <laughs> has taken back control of the wheel. You see a massive ball of lightning off in the distance behind where Skunder is looking begin to charge up almost this cannonball that fires towards the ship. Hello Kitty, what? you do as this storm makes its last ditch effort to sink this ship? I think like Skunder, the only real approach here is to channel the lightning. Um, so I'd like to use my dark magic to try to kill the lightning or the storm. Absolutely. What dice are you going to be rolling? I um, am going to be rolling ferocity because that's, that's a dice that uh, magic operates off of. Great. I'm assuming. And I think I can do a D6 with my blessing from Valhalla. Great. An additional one. And I'll tell you, as this is the storm's last ditch effort, you see, Skunder, you momentarily notice that like the lightning that is getting sucked into you stops, and you look in front of you and you see almost like a horseshoe or like waves parting. The web of lightning in front of you, directly where you guys are sailing, begins to spread to either side as if it's parting. Like, you almost see the the storm itself parting in front of you, revealing clear blue skies. But as you look, you see it beginning to concentrate further and further behind you as this massive cannonball of electricity rears back and fires. Oh, fuck. For this one, this is the storm's last-ditch effort. It is going to be rolling a D4 and a D12. So it's going to be a wide stance. <laughs> Michelle, go ahead and roll. Okay. Okay. I rolled an eight and a four. <sighs> rolled a four on the D4 and a fucking one on the D12. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted it so fast. <gasps> I wanted to just look down <laughs> and see how long. <laughs> okay. Hello, Kitty. As you see this storm this massive miles wide storm concentrate into a like 50 foot section to launch this massive cannonball at you what do you do to fully and finally destroy this storm okay so i um very gracefully get my way up to the crow's nest and to describe hello kitty pure white fur groomed to appear round <laughs> perfectly groomed with a um, a long like deep purple dress with a like a leather belt and with a black leather belt and I pull out a small jar and reach out completely nonverbal and I see you see that I'm concentrating very hard and like shaking with like effort and energy and then the the lightning gets trapped into the jar and then I very like calmly close it and then attach it to my belt. You see this storm rears back almost like puffing up its cheeks 
this massive ball of static electricity fires towards you, directed central at the mast, hoping to completely cripple the ship in the middle of the ocean. And you pulling up this uh, glass jar, this innocent little jar, channeling magic through it silently, see a cyclone, a tornado begin to grab onto this cannonball. You see the storm essentially try to like pull it back with this lightning tether, like, no, 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 not that, not that, not that. And you suck it in this massive vortex of wind and electricity. You cap the jar, put it on your belt, and look out beyond you to clear blue skies and quiet, silent, flat ocean. Ola runs up to Hello Kitty. He's like, are you okay? Did the witch hurt you? Are you okay? Uh, Skunder has come down and is just uh, attempting to hack up a hairball. And is like, (laughs) and then just spits out a small crackly ball of lightning that rolls around on the deck. (laughs) Mr. Trumbo sees it and starts to play with it and bat it around. (laughs) Skitters across the deck with it. Hello Kitty just pats Bola's head. And walks away. <laughs> the module that we're playing is called the Wreck of the Murderess. Oh. Uh, you guys only needed to lose twice, and instead you won five times <laughs> in a row. So you guys sail on through this clear ocean, these clear blue skies. Every, every now and then you see clouds, small white puffy things that maybe want to try their hand at challenging you. But as they get closer they see that pot of lightning around Hello Kitty's belt and very quickly move aside. You do not see another cloud in front of you for the next two days. As you make it to your destination. Uh, When you met Death, Death gave you your destination, told you to sail true north to Chopin's Maw. And you see uh, Chopin's Maw um, begin to open up in front of you and you see many, many tall buildings of the days of old, of the days of man, all of them crumbling and in some kinds of disrepair. They have vines growing over them, trees. Nature has fully reclaimed this area. But you see this was once a vibrant, maybe uh, area of trade, some kind of market. Because uh, you see lots of buildings and and like pretty streets and things. There's no really good port to make of, but you anchor nearby and kind of take note of the area. You see words of lost languages written on all of the stores, and you know that death told you to look for some information when you arrive. There is something in uh, Shopping's Mall, Shopping's Mall, that... uh, very good very good Wait, and i don't get it <laughs> it's a mall. mall it's a shopping mall shopping mall but it's all pot post apocalyptic uh, that's what happens when you trip shopping over your small. own words just a little bit <laughs> it's good it's i like still it good. it's yeah. still good it's better because now we know <laughs> we're in on it you were told once you get to shopping's mall uh, to look for the noble repository of knowledge and lost tomes uh, you're not entirely sure. Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> and 
you were not given much description of this building or where it was, but you knew the sigil which to look for, which is a kind of squiggly S and or eight, um, kind of a mm-hmm. snake eating its own tail mm-hmm. uh, that you mm-hmm. that we might know as an ampersand, uh, but cats, you know, mm-hmm. who's to say? <gasps> cats, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. Guys, uh, you guys anchor near off of Shopping's Maw. Uh, clouds stay far, far away from all of you, and you know that your boat will be safe here. You guys successfully killed this storm in a way that I did not think you would. So your <laughs> yeah. boat is safe. Your boat is chill. We rope her up, and we're like, "Okay, good job, girls." <laughs> uh, what do you guys do? Well. I, we don't know what dangers we're going to face here, so I think at least for the start, we should start as a group. I don't think splitting up is the way to go. In the annals of the monastery, there are many scrolls full of ancient text. A smell a nose like mine would never forget. Mr. Trumbo takes his great axe off of his back and... Boom, chunks it in the sand and spins it and then just holds the, the top of it and closes his eyes and sniffs deep into the air just like the sniff sniff and then like that ah open mouth like cat thing <laughs> with it, when it looks like they're smelling something bad but I recently learned that that's actually just because they have extra like scent receptors that they can use when they mm. do that they're just like extra processing the scent and he does that trying to smell if there's any musty uh, tomes on the wind. In this game, we don't just assume competence in these cats. These were cats chosen by death. We assume excellence in these cats. Mm, right. And there's also, there's not really a, me- a mechanism for rolling some kind of perception check because anytime you roll, something will die. That with the death will be our ignorance of where this stuff is. <laughs> Rock on. No, I think, I think in this case, this is something that you would be well-trained in and well-versed in. Yeah. So rather than making a roll, you do pick up this scent. Great. It's faint. You feel that it's somewhere in the center of of Shopping's Maw, but it's certainly a scent that you have that you would be able to track. This way, kittens. Follow me. Let's proceed with caution. Meow. (laughs) 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 And we just role play with meows for the rest of the (laughs) Meow. Woof. Skunder, ju- Skunder does not like that you call us kittens at all. Ah, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> he's just talking to his little rat skull. He's like, I know, Roderick, I should say something, but I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. What are you whispering about, give him witch? The satisfaction. Not a witch. Speak up, you ruling l- milk drinker. We are not kittens, Mr. Tumbo. Ah, ah. Uh, right you are. Mighty warriors, all of us. Yes. Uh, even if some of us have less fur than others. Four warriors and a witch. This is... Ooh, the kittens are feisty today. Well, trust me, there's plenty of milk and blood to go around. Who are you uh-huh. calling a kitten? Are you calling me a kitten? You're all kittens to me. Inga's going to put her paw on Mr. Tumbo's shoulder and say, Now, just because some of us have gone to Valhalla a few more times, they're not kittens. They've they've proved their worth. If death has chosen them, then they must be 
worth it. Yeah. I have less lives than you, Inga. How many lives does Bull have? I've lost four. Mm, I've lost six now. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I lost another one on the boat, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did um, a quick when I flew I back off of the I can't do math. The, the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Bala went back up down. real quick. Yeah. Bola yes. sits down. like, I'm wrong. I'm an idiot. Sit down. Oh, Bola, don't, don't worry. Don't tell me respect. to sit down, witch. Have some respect. Inga, as you say the word death, oh. you hear, I think you've been hearing this whole time, you hear the five cats' footsteps all walking, but for a moment, your sharp ears pick up a sixth set of footsteps walking beside you and the slow drag of a cloak and you hear off to your right I have chosen you all each one for a reason to suggest otherwise this tantamount to treason does everybody hear it or just you all hear this and you all recognize this voice Skunder goes prostrate again you see uh, Death gives you a small nod as you guys walk forward with Death. You haven't seen this figure since they recruited you for this task. How do you feel as you're walking next to Death? Mr. Tumbo feels very comforted as he hears in the clatter of the, the bones and the ghostly shadow. He can almost hear the laughter of all the friends that he's ever lost and the warriors he's known. You can almost hear their voices in the rattle of the bones, and he knows that whatever terrors await, there will be glory. And he, like, stands up a little taller and marches on. Gunder's not willing to look directly at death while walking. It's sort of like a, like, not worthy to, to look directly at. Inga at this point, yes, sees death almost as a... She has a lot of respect, but it's almost as an old friend. And yes, almost similar to Mr. Tumbo, I think feels comforted by death's presence. Almost like, ah, yes, we'll keep walking along, and when we get to a point, we will receive the guidance that we need to do the thing. Hello Kitty is like, has new energy and kind of like brings some of the swag that she would at like an aristocratic ball because death is like one of the only presences that's like excited her I think she's very bored by everyone else so she is happier when they're around because she it's like affirming her tail's perked up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bala holds death's hand as they walk you grab onto a skeletal hand that kind of gives you a very soft squeeze Death uh, looks at you, continuing their thought. I sought out the cunning, auspicious, and feral to bring lock and bring stock in two big smoking barrels. And you see it kind of cock its head. I suppose the idiot's been lost to the ravage of time. That's kind of the point. I've been robbed of what's mine. You see it squeeze Bola's hand again and turns its head off to one side. And at the same time, Mr. Tumbo, you give that little sniff and you see the sigil of that almost Ouroboros ampersand, uh, high, almost hidden by vines and trees of a large crumbling building, probably two or three stories high, with 
the entrance almost like overgrown with trees that are coming up between sidewalks and over the streets. But you see small little cracks where you may be able to get into this place. This is it. Look alive, everyone. Before we go in, I'd like to just take a little bit from my flask and little cups and hand them out to everyone with like a strengthening brew that like warms everyone and just give everyone a wink so they know that I like respect them. The slow blink. (laughs) (laughs) You reach in and grab six cups and as you hand them out to everyone, you go to hand a sixth to death and realize death (sighs) is gone. I pour one out for the homies. <laughs> <laughs> Death comes back in and gives you handshakes like, hell yeah. <laughs> Pops back real quick and is like, yeah. Yeah, sick. Thank you, Mr. Tumbo. This will surely be helpful. Indeed. Are we ready? Let's do it. As you guys enter this place, who is leading the charge? Because the, the entrance that you see is kind of between various vines and tree barks and things that have overtaken this place. So it's a small entranceway. Even uh, Mr. Tumbo, I think you have the most difficulty squeezing in because you're much more rotund. Uh, <laughs> a cat who has partied in life and in death. But even you can like just squeeze through it kind of going sideways. Um, so who would like to lead going through here? I think uh, Bala will take out there his, uh, his Arumis and say, everyone stay behind me, including you, witch. Not a witch. You're a witch. And, and Bullock, can you just uh, describe the these weapons? Uh, because they are yeah. pretty unique. Bulla is like a tall, lanky-ish cat uh, with like kind of disgusting, knotty black fur, wearing like a plate skirt and nothing on their uh, upper cat torso. And these weapons are like two. It looks like whips, but they're like blades that are that that are curved. And it's like a, a whip sword type thing. And there's like five on five like whip blades on each of these hilts that are coming out. And uh, Bubba's just kind of like waving them ahead as a uh, a little like seeing anything gets triggered like booby trap wise. You you sling these swords out ahead, or these sword whips out ahead, and you kind of are clearing it a little bit as well, some of the vines and things. You don't feel any traps. Every few strokes, like, bits of the building will kind of, like, crumble in as you take out a piece that is kind of like a, the, a bit of the branchery that is now structurally important to the building. But no, you move through with care, uh, and you pass through to the opening of this area. As you look out, you first are hit with a big blast of a very musty smell of old, you know, uh, tomes and and almost like papyrus and, and, and wood. You also have a small hint of something else. Uh, there's a sweetness in the air that you didn't necessarily expect. But that kind of uh, gets overrun in your senses because you then see in front of you rows and rows and rows of lost knowledge and tomes written in languages of man that have only recently started to have been deciphered by cats. But even now, you know, a few letters, a few words are known, not much. You see a true library of Alexandria stretching out in front of you. You see uh, stairs going up to a second floor with this balcony. You see all these, like, colorful 
what look like maybe torture devices or something. They're all like children's toys. <laughs> <laughs> and you see off to one side, there is a large row of shelves along the wall. And these shelves, unlike the other ones, are chained and bolted. Uh, and you see written, uh, rather than written in languages of cats, you see written in languages of dogs, which I think you know just enough to understand. Uh, this is a message of warning, uh, a message of like danger, do not enter. Like the doors are chained? You see the, there's been like planks of wood essentially put in front mm. of these shelves. Oh God. Um, that are aside the wall. And it's like, danger, do not enter. Uh, dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Bala, I think upon like smelling that sweetness, like uh, his hair stands up and like tail gets bushy and like it leaves and it, it still stays that way. And uh, Bala just turns to the group and goes, I don't know. We're not alone. Be careful. Do we all know that dog language a little bit enough to know that warning? I think it's it's enough that it's, it's kind of like seeing a stop sign in a different country. Like, mm. you don't really know, like, alto means stop, sure. but you see the, the sigil, and it's kind of like, okay, that means no touchy. <laughs> no touchy. <laughs> I think Skunder's feeling a little self-conscious that he's the only one that hasn't died, and he's just going to go straight for the danger, do not touch, do not enter thing as he as he snorts a little bit of blue catnip and his hands glow blue and he's just going to go after the the chain that, that's protecting this thing. Skunder, be careful! Which? Uh, Skunder, as you're walking, you hear two things. One off in the distance but moving, almost moving around you at a rapid clip. Like, you, you think you hear it to the left, then you hear it to the right, then you hear it behind you, then you hear it in front of you and it's this it almost sounds like a very fast vibration. And the second you hear it and get a beat on it, it's somewhere else. And the second you hear a beat on it there, it's somewhere else, it's somewhere else. You hear that first, and it's strange, but it's very small. You smell that same sweetness. The second thing you hear is a click. As you walk forward across a tripwire, <gasps> and you hear something off in the distance, a uh, like doorbell, uh, like, like a bell that would be on the door when someone enters, <laughs> rings. Oh, no. You go towards the chains as you hear... <laughs> as a number of pairs of paws begin running towards you. You turn to the left and see two, like, big German shepherds that are wearing, mm. like, police vests. The fucking mm -hmm. cops. Uh, in front of you. They bark and they go, Stop! Stop! Nothing is forbidden to Skunder. I won't. <laughs> you see these dogs running towards you. You can focus on the chains of this thing first, or you can focus on the dogs. Everyone else will act afterwards. I think Skunder's already, you know, charged up this blue magic into his paws, and so he's just, just going to blast the frontmost German Shepherd. Hell yeah. The German Shepherds, their vests uh, count as them being armored. Okay, dope. Um, so they are, if you do not use viciousness, uh, they will get an additional D6, just so you know. I'm going to use viciousness and cunning, if that's cool. Hell yeah. Uh, you blast the first one. Uh, he's going to be rolling a 2D8. Okay, um, we'll see how we do. Uh, that's a six and a one. Six and a three. You 
meet this first German Shepherd as it leaps into the air towards you. You blast it with this blue magic. Uh, do, do your magics come out of the rat skull still? Yeah, they always start with the rat skull. So now, like, the rat skull is in my hand. And, like, when I eat the eat or snort the different colored catnip, sort of breathe the energy into the rat skull and then channel it out. You blast this thing in the air. It already, on its full leap towards you, gets blasted, flies towards you. Its mouth grabs onto you. And then as it gets, like, electrocuted, all of its muscles tense in rigor mortis. And you feel... Sucked into the gates of Valhalla. Finally. Uh, right, this is, is this Skunder's first trip? Skunder's first death. Oh my god! Wow. I don't Skunder. think, I think for most deaths we won't linger in the gates of Valhalla because it's such a common occurrence for cats. But since it is your first trip to Valhalla, what do you see at these pearly gates? And what do you hear behind it? I sort of, if you'll allow this, I feel like maybe the Valkyries appear in like the the in a relatable way to you. So they're also hairless cats, which makes Skunder feel sure. better because he's never met another hairless cat. Um, and and on the other side of the gates, he can hear like great debates over magic, which is all he wants is to is to <laughs> learn and and study <laughs> newer forms of magic. And he's like, mm-hmm. I can't wait to come back. For beyond the gates of Valhalla, it is said that there are endless, glorious battles. Now, whether those are physical on the battlefield or mental in a classroom, one cannot necessarily say. But you see these, the cats who pull the chariots, uh, the the Valkyries, look to you, all of them hairless, kind of like, just like, give you a dap or just like, hey man, how's it going? You know, great, great uh, seeing you, you know. The first one's always the toughest, but like, you know, we'll get you up there. We'll give you the whole lay of the land. Uh, here's some informational packets. <laughs> and they give you... Uh, no one else has ever experienced this, but for you, it's just like all the information. You, you're given like a full notebook, uh, a full like tome of things like, here's all the, the rules and regulations of Valhalla. Wonderful. You get to enjoy some time reading through this, like multiple appendices. There's appendices that have footnotes that reference different appendices that have different books for them. It's really a dream. Sounds <laughs> ideal. And you gain your additional blessing of Valhalla. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Hey there, it's Elliot from the Many Sided Media team. In addition to playing and producing here on My First Dungeon, I'm also a game designer known for such games as Something is Wrong with the Chickens, a rules-like game of chickens, eldritch horror, and revenge. Project Echo, a solo time travel game played in the pages of a planner. And the upcoming Rom-Com Drama Bomb, a three-player game of meet-cutes and mayhem. If you like weird and unique games and want to bring something new to your table, head to moreblueberries.shop and use code MYFIRSTDUNGEON for 20% off your order. That's M-O-R-E-B-L-U-E-B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot shop. Thanks! For the rest of you, you see these two dogs running towards Skunder. You see... One of them run in the air, get blasted by this blue energy and take Skunder down. And all of you recognize this moment from Skunder of having uh, experienced his first death. And I think it's a it's a quiet moment that normally would be celebrated, but not in this moment. Because you still see this other dog 
you see this second dog has a dog whistle that is dangling around his neck uh, that he begins to start fumbling with as if to call in more help. Mm. And I think all of you also hear this strange flitting sound that it seems to be coming from all directions and you're not quite sure what's going on there. Inga wants to, she's both proud of Skunder, of of his first trip to Valhalla, but also seeing that whistle, yes, she's going to go for this dog and use, correct me if I'm doing this wrong, going to use Fang and Claw, which is my mastered weapon, which is uh, viciousness and ferocity. Great. And then I want to use Blessing of Claw and Tail to increase my viciousness by one die. Okay. And Blessing of Piercing Fangs to add a D6 against armored foes. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. And my Blessing of Bone and Keratin to add a D6 to Fang and Claw. This is so fucked. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. All, that all sounds like vibes. So that all okay. Good. So, all right. So my Viciousness was a D6. It'll go up to a D8. Yeah, walk me through. What what all are you rolling? Yeah. Like, what does that turn into? So Viciousness was a D6. It goes up to a D8 because of Claw and Tail. Ferocity is a D12. That doesn't change. Then I'm adding a D6 because it's Armored Foes. And then I'm adding another D6 for bone and keratin. Nice. Uh, this dog just rolling two D8s because you're rolling viciousness. <laughs> Ooh, I will tell you, rolled a six and an eight. All right. Get ready to you got suck it, it. Inga. All right, well, so that's a one, a one, a five, and a six. Inga, you run towards this dog. What does it look like as you or sent again to the dates of Valhalla. Because I officially lost that one. It wasn't You lose tie. that one. Yeah. yeah. Since, since it was eight and six, you always take the highest die. I rolled eight, you rolled a six. I think Inga gets a little bit distracted or emotional knowing that this is Skunder's first trip. And so when she's bounding over to go attack this dog, um, it's just, that's just distracted enough that she's going straight for the whistle forgetting about a dog sort of smacking her or or whatever attack yeah i think that that she's she's forgotten she's going straight for that whistle and has forgotten that dogs dogs can swipe at you too it's usually just a kitty cat move but you beeline towards this dog no care for your own safety as you're just going for this whistle you run forward your claw wrapping around the whistle pulls it free but as you do you expose your very soft underbelly the underbelly that is only used for scritches and pets and you feel a hard slash across the entire way slamming into the side you again pulled up familiarly back into the gates of Valhalla and you see some of the Valkyries look at you and go Really? Again? What are you? What are you doing down there? It's we're uh, we've got a lot going on today, and it just is you <laughs> know just one of those days. It's just one of those days. You know, I get it. Yeah. You want you want me to take the slow path? Just give you a little respite up here. And you know what? Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be nice. I feel like they can handle it down there. Did you get a Did you get a guy named Skunder up here a minute ago? Oh, not my team, but the other team did. They were really excited about it. The, oh, the, the hairless good, team good. doesn't get as much action. Gave him gave him the good stuff. Yeah, you know, give him the whole roundabout. Uh, I think, actually, you look over and you see Skunder is still still chilling up here. At, uh, just at, reading. 
it's such a, it looks like um you know like a library desk that has like the green bank light mm-hmm. it's as if there's a huge library but there's just one desk <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. just him reading and you uh, achieve your next blessing of Valhalla I'm running out of them you see this dog lands on its paws interposes itself between you guys and the restricted section and begins to kind of like move over towards the dog whistle. It's kind of like looking at all of you, looking towards the whistle and goes to make a move towards the whistle. Mr. Tumbo springs into action for half a blink of an eye, just closes his eyes and says a little prayer to the gods of death and takes his great axe and he's just going to look up. I fucking hate the cops. And look at this dog in the eye and then just try and slice its head off. And uh, and what are you going to be rolling for this? Okay, so because of my blessings, I add an additional D6 to... I have the blessing of decapitation. So, uh, and, I have <laughs> the, and I have the... And I have the leg and thing so my brutality is upped to a d12 so i'm going to roll a d12 an additional d6 and then i think that's it and then what are the two stats you're rolling with you're doing brutality and ferocity so i can get try and get that restroom starting flame again okay and just so you know since you're not rolling vicious the dog will be able to roll an additional d6 Oh, okay, because I'm not rolling vicious. Yeah, since it's armor. That's okay. All right. You got it a bit easier. Rolled a two, two, and a three. So you just got to beat a three. Okay. I, I, I rolled a four. Oh, my God. <laughs> On my D12, I rolled a four. So oh, my God. <laughs> you see this dog in this, like, armored police vest look to you, and it tries to judge how quickly it can get to this whistle. You see it chooses in this moment to essentially, like, I will sacrifice myself in order to alert everyone to this harm. It dives towards the whistle, but not fast enough. Mr. Tumbo, what does it look like as you finish this dog? Okay, I do a cartwheel. I like roll, <laughs> roll, do a cartwheel, and the great axe is in my one hand. I'm like very round and portly and stout, but I'm like incredibly fast. So I do this cartwheel and then I do a little twirl with the great axe and then bring it down and it cuts away from the dog, but you just see the spray of blood go across my face. And then the dog's head is off. But there's no, like, yipe sound, because I hate when they do that in games. Like, actually put the pain sounds of the animals. Don't do that. So it doesn't make any sound. (laughs) Hey, Brian, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) That's a note for you. You just, off the distance, see the whistle in the dog's mouth with just that little bit of breath, not able to call for help. Yeah. You guys see these dogs dealt with for the moment. You see this restricted section bound up in chains. Skunder and Inga, you both come back from your trip to Valhalla, both feeling revitalized and refreshed from the from the trip. Skunder's a little too hype about it. He crawls out from under the German Shepherd's body, having come back, and is like, did you see me? Did you witness? <laughs> I did, Skunder. I'm proud of you. For your first trip, it just gets better each time. 
That means the world. I slap you on the back and go, not a kitten anymore. Ha ha. Ha Yeah. Yes. Not, not a kitten anymore. And then he walks a, a little bit off to the side and is talking to the rat skull and is like, I know, Roderick. It was very <laughs> re- respect from Inga and Mr. Tumbo. Skunder, as you walk off to the side to just speak to Roderick quietly, you see a flit from the corner of your eye. Not that fluttering sound almost that's been that's still kind of echoing in this area. You hear a small bony skitter. You look over and see a flash of bone white, and then it's gone. Did you see that, Roderick? Okay. You see this flash. You guys are now, you, you, you listen around, you still hear this fluttering, but it doesn't seem to be threatening you or anything. It just seems like there is this that keeps popping around the room. But you, every time you try to get a glance of it, of where it's coming from, you don't quite see it. You guys see this chained off area is now open to you. Uh, what do you guys do? Break the chains. Skunder, you go to these chains with a, a quick bolt of magic. You uh, shatter the chains. The chains fall to the ground. And you guys begin to tear off the wood. Clarifying the, the like, skittering noise. Whatever you're saying is, like, the bone white something is the thing making that skittering noise. There are two, like, noises in this area. There's, there's a small okay. skittering noise that Skunder heard, and then there's mm. a, like, more fluttering noise. It okay. seems to mm. be, like, like the skittering is on the ground. The fluttering is in three-dimensional space. Got like, it. it's high okay. above, it's near, it's left, it's right, it's back, it's close, it's far, it's near. It's quick, it's quick, it's insincere. Beware, beware, <laughs> be a very wary bear. It's, like, bug-like skittering? You would recognize it, I think, as... It sounds like wings. Okay. Um, but it sounds... Not necessarily like bird wings. It sounds more insectoid. Hmm. The, the the skittering or the fluttering? The skittering sounds like claws. <laughs> okay. The fluttering okay. sounds like... Like wings. Like dragonfly almost. But like a big one? But a big one. Okay, cool. You guys begin to tear the wood that is that is guarding this section. And you begin to see sheaths of paper bound together and laid flat against against these shelves, the rows and rows of them, all different colors, lots of words on them, pictures. You see lots of pictures of, like, ancient man, uh, like, sports. Uh, You see, like, lots of different types of balls. You see beautiful foods made to look really pretty. A lot of these these tomes are, like, ragged at the corners and are, are rolling. But you see hundreds of them and, like, stacked behind each other, behind each other on a bunch of shelves. And you begin to tear them off. And there are Hundreds and all of them different colors and with different words and pictures. And you see off in the distance there is, as you begin to tear them off, you see a bunch of them. And some of them have been, rather than being flat, like you've seen paper before, and it's all paper, there's no like binding on it. Many of them are flat up against the wall like this. Some of them have been rolled tightly into almost a short baton. And these ones are marked with even more, like, warnings tied around them of, like, danger weapon. I've heard tell of these, some ancient tomes called magazines. Uh, They were used as a brutal punishment for our enemies. Hmm. You, as you begin to tear away all of them, you see lots of different types of these magazines 
<laughs> and <laughs> there is, however, a section that you realize the, the wood that was placed in front of it had been removed before. And as you peel away that wood, that entire section is missing. You only see one or two of these uh, magazines left over. What you see on them are ancient men and women all at peak fitness. Uh, Mm. You see, like, dangerous-looking people. All, like, shirtless and, like, you know, flexing and stuff. (laughs) You kind of, you look around and you see, like, there were these tomes to, like, cooking. There were these tomes to leisure. Uh, This entire section is the self-help section you recognize is missing. Mm. Mr. Tumbo is going to look to our two dark magics users and the open spot. Surely some arcane knowledge might help us find what was here or where it went. You rat skull one. (laughs) Skunder. And witch. Skunder. Skunder. Witch. You will call me by my name. I have gone to Valhalla like the rest of you. <laughs> and you are still a witch. What is it, Mr. Tumbo? A witch who might hold the very answers we seek. And you, hello, Kitty. Your time also has come. You too, help us find what happened here. H- hello, Kitty cannot help. They're not a witch. Okay, so we're sort of... Hello Kitty channels magics much darker than I. You would kick... You keep Hello Kitty's name out of your mouth. Witch. I feel like we're completely forgetting about the lightning contribution. I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Dumbo, but... I guess Brian, I have a question. Is like, yeah. I can't roll and use dark magic without something dying, right? So it's not like D&D where I can just like cast a like, you know, detect magic or you know what I mean or something like that. So I'm little, I'm not sure what my I think you can still be. use your magic. It's just not in order of death, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So so for this game, generally, we, we assume that most things, unless you're challenging something, you're able to do. So if you want to try to use your dark magics to try to like suss out some information here, that's totally something you can do. If you want to try to like use magics to try to translate some of these tomes and maybe get a clue of what you might need to do, that's also possible. If if you come up to something and try to do something that I think is more of something that will be contested and there might be a chance of dying to it, uh, we might make that roll. And that that may be like a trap or that may be a creature. You know, just like the storm, it may be you uh, reckon with an idea of something and we'll have to see if an idea can kill you. It's a little more freeform than D&D for sure. Uh, but, but tell me what, what you want to do. a shocking thought. I guess I'll die about it. Exactly. <laughs> um, forgive me if I'm not visualizing the self-help section correctly. <laughs> um, I'm not really familiar with that section. Um, like... But I, I feel like I want to kind of go over to that missing area and then, like, maybe do, like, you know, the D&D equivalent of, like, a detect magic, you know, mm-hmm. and send out a pulse to see if I can, like, trace the energies that were there or, like, hack into the temporal mainframe to see where it went or where it was. 100%. Movement-wise, you know what I mean? You begin to cast a kind of, like, ritual spell on the on this area to see almost like to try to like turn back the clock and see what was there like get a glimpse through time you see 
that this section was once occupied by like fitness and self-help references. So lots of like how to make yourself better, but also like pretty much anything that was taken has something to do with like the physical attributes of people. Rather than like, you know, cooking things aren't taken, like things that are about hobbies aren't taken. It's anytime you see a picture on a cover that has like a man shirtless or like you notice that it seems very anatomical, the things that are taken. Mm-hmm. You're able to translate that some of these like do say like health. And then you see that same weird sigil that was on this building, the ampersand. And you try to make out the second word, but you're like, ness of fit? I don't know, something. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You don't get a sense of where these things went because these tomes themselves are not magical. They just kind of like hold information. Mm-hmm. However, as you are casting this spell, you hear a whispering in your ears as you begin to pulse out this magic, you begin to try to trace where these things went. And rather than getting some kind of magical sense, you hear that same skeletal whispering in your ears. If aim is true, you'll hit the mark. The rings are red. The store is dark. Target. Target. Oh my god. As you have that realization, your eyes flick over to a map that is on the wall of this entire area, all of of Shoping's Mall, (laughs) and you see two red rings, a target that you can go to. And you recognize that that area has been circled with dirt and stuff for dogs to be able to, like, track back to. And you see they've even, like, traced out a path of where to go. Whoa. Um, Hello Kitty wanders over to the map. Because Hello Kitty is experiencing this, like, internally, right? Yeah, this is all internal. So Hello Kitty, like, calmly walks over to that map and then turns to everyone and then just slaps the target. <laughs> um, while Hello Kitty is doing that, can Inga kind of leap up on top of like a shelf or something to try to see if they can peep what's making this fluttering noise? Mm. You hop up on a shelf. You begin to look around this store and you hear this fluttering all around you. And it, it it's not like it's constant all around you. Again, it's in a place and then it's in a different place and it's in a different place. And you almost don't see hear the movement between those places. It's as if it's teleporting. Mm -hmm. You look around this area and you see this restricted section of magazines and you see a number of tomes and you see these uh, strange colorful torture devices up on the second floor. Again, children's toys. (laughs) (laughs) And you begin to turn your head towards the only direction that you haven't really explored and you hear as something flies towards you. Before you get a chance to see it, I'm going to need you to make a roll. <gasps> oh, no. Ah! I guess I'm going to do ferocity and um, cunning. Okay. Oh, so what's your total dice that you're going to be rolling? Um, ferocity, I have a d12, and cunning is d6. Okay. I will say it's lucky that you chose cunning because these things are tricky. 
Um, <laughs> so they do not get an additional d6. They will, however, be rolling two d10s. Oh, no. You hear this flitting and a momentary rolled a two and a ten. Oh, you you beat me. <laughs> I rolled a one and a four. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, Inga is really not doing well, guys. You do not see this assassin. You only feel <gasps> a small, sharp prick in the back of your neck. <gasps> did, did any of us see it? I'm going to say anyone who would like to attempt to see this also has to roll for it. Okay. I think um, Skunder is going gonna, is gonna to pop some yellow catnip and use the skull as sort of like a radar beacon kind of magic to try and figure out what's going on in the area. You pop some of this yellow stuff as you hear a boom as Inga falls down killed in a quiet, stealthy assassination. A kind of glory in its own way. You hear this flitting over there, and then all of a sudden behind you, and you smell that sickly sweet on the air for just a moment, and then something something that you hadn't smelled before, but there's a sickly sweet that seems to be coming closer to you. And then off in the distance, there's something more acrid. Mm-hmm that you definitely can't identify, but there's there's two smells. The sickly sweet seems to be something that is moving around you. Is it a fruity sweetness? It smells... Does it smell like cinnamon? It, it just smells like a generic mm. sweetness. Like, like, like a sugary mm-hmm. sweetness. Indians, for sure. Cinnabon. Yeah. Uh, Skunder, what, what are you going to roll as you, as you hear, as you smell the smell behind you and you hear that similar... Uh, cunning and ferocity... Uh, okay, cutting. No additional d6, just two straight d10s. Again, a 10 and a 5. Oh, come on, Skunder! <laughs> oh, that's a 9. Oh, man. You as well feel a right behind you as something pierces the back of your neck right at the nape of your spine, and you smell a hard blast of something very sweet, and you feel a momentarily wing beat hit your cheek, and you feel a splash of what tastes like pure sugar water. Oh, little fucking hummingbirds? Uh, yeah. Little hummingbird missiles? You fall what to the ground the and see up with a bird- flash <laughs> of a hummingbird fly past you as it goes back towards this back area. Damn. Skunder. Yes. As you, as you fall to the ground, you feel yourself being pulled to Valhalla, but you see, as you fall to the ground, there is something written underneath one of these shelves. Uh, You see something that was written possibly in blood or grime or dirt underneath one of these shelves on the side, as if someone had planned for you to see it in this moment of death. Like, it's it's written on its side, so you, Mm. to see it properly, you would have to see it this way. You see these words. Forbidden fruit... The bitter beam. Down this drop to move unseen. You'll drink it down and start to buzz. But that's not all this potion does. The darker the rose, the stronger your shot. So look to a star and drink while it's hot. You bastard. You absolute <laughs> bastard. They're just high on the syrups from Starburst. Starbucks. 
Burks. These are some over caffeinated fucking hummingbirds, is what you're telling me? Yes. Mm, that's fucking <laughs> good as fuck. Honestly. That's fucking so good. Fucking good I as just fuck. pull a caramel syrup. <laughs> Mr. Tumbo, Hello Kitty, and Bulla, all, all of you notice all of a sudden Skunder and Inga fall down to the ground. You look around, and all of a sudden you see three of these <sighs> hummingbird assassins reveal themselves to you <laughs> and drive towards each of you. I'm going to need each of you to make a roll as each of these hummingbird assassins are going to attempt to protect their territory. As one of you looks off into the distance, you see a reflected in a half-broken window a strange sigil of a woman, possibly a mermaid, <laughs> uh, on this large sign. Before we make these attack rolls, I just want to do that thing that's like, <laughs> like when cats see something out the window <laughs> the, the, and the they chatter at it. <laughs> yeah, I just want to do that. You I see the, uh, these hummingbirds look at you. Uh, each of them is wearing like like ninja black masks. <laughs> And you, all of you, very much like Naruto, for a moment see them, and then they almost, like, blink out of existence and are gone, and you only have the scent of the sugar and the sound of the humming to try to coordinate your attacks. Uh, starting with Mr. Tumbo, what do you roll? I guess I'm going to roll, this feels like I should roll a cunning and brutality. I'm going to try, I'm going to try to time it out. So that as they fly past, I just pop my great axe up and they smack into it, the flat of the blade and die. Since you're rolling cunning, uh, no additional die for them. You got to beat, man, I'm rolling good. You got to beat a nine. Damn. Oh, fuck. Okay, so I've got, oh, golly. Okay, I've got my D12 here and then I'll have an additional D6 because I'm using my great axe. Ooh, that's an 11. You see this hummingbird disappear. You realize that your eyes will not be helpful in the situation. You open your mouth to get that extra olfactory glands. You smell sugar on the wind. You hear humming behind you, and you know exactly when to duck, throw up your axe, and like an Acme cartoon, (laughs) hummingbird crumples into your axe and falls to the ground. As I stand up, I'm... I, I use my great axe to stand up to my full height and I go pet, pet, pet. And there's like brightly colored feathers coming out of my mouth. They're like falling. <laughs> Bulla, you again also see this hummingbird in front of you, look at you, give you like a small wink as if a challenge and then disappears. You smell sugar and you hear humming on the winds. What do you do? Challenge accepted. I'm gonna use my roomies to fuck that little thing up. I'm going to roll with brutality and viciousness. Okay, since you're not rolling cunning, they're going to get an extra d6. Yeah, take your little extra d6, idiot. (laughs) Ooh, okay. Man, you're doing... Man, every time I get to roll an extra one, it doesn't help. Rolled a one, a two, and a three. Nice. It's got to be a three. I rolled a one and a four. Hell yeah. (laughs) Go off. (laughs) Well, you whip out these two Arumis, these whipped swords. You see the hummingbird reappears in front of you, kind of like looks at the swords and gives you a small like nod of respect of like, oh, this is interesting. And you see the hummingbird begins to like flit, like almost disappear and reappear in various parts in front of you. 
attempting to confuse you and move closer to you. Uh, how do you end this hummingbird? I think I like use the like basically like ten blades I have and like do like a like do a little like sword dance almost and like kind of cut off all of the flying paths so like I know which path it has to take if it's gonna try and stab me and uh, basically as it's like taking this path I like just put my mouth where it's gonna sting me and then just eat it you begin to flash these swords around and around and the hummingbird assassin begins to talk to you goes I have not faced a challenger like this in some time (laughs) these weapons are novel but they will not defeat me and what it doesn't realize is that you are slowly cutting off the paths and while it's like hopping around and looks like it's getting closer and closer to stabbing you, you wait until that last moment where it is directly in front of your mouth. It rears back to stab you with a like long lance and realizes where it is. Shit! And you chomp down on this hummingbird. The accent makes it taste better. (laughs) Hello Kitty. You see these, the sugar on the wind What do you do? A sugar on the wind. I would like to use cunning, to roll cunning. So I have an extra D6 with that. So that I'm going to try to send out like a pulse, like an energetic, like a kinetic energy pulse that will hopefully throw one off its flight path and like into a wall and crush its fucking little bones to dust. Tiny little bones. Let's go. Let me tell you what you got to beat. Crush those bones. Oh, and you get a second stat too, Michelle, to roll with. So you get another die. Oh, I do. Oh yeah. So you always get you, you always get two, two uh, dice. So it's, if you're choosing cunning, you also get to choose one more. Oh, well, let's go ahead and do ferocity then. <laughs> Damn right. Wow. Okay. I will. I will tell you this hummingbird rolled a four and a ten. So you got to beat a ten. Well, you know, good for the hummingbird. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he did. Well, I just rolled an eleven on the deed. Yes, that's Hello, Kitty. And then we'll do. And then I rolled a six on the D8. And you know what? I'm also going to roll a six because that's what Death wants me to do. And that's a two. And that's a 19 total, little bitch bird. (laughs) The bird flies towards you and goes, That's not how the mechanics work. (laughs) You blast it with magic and it careens. uh, And you hear off this, this very tiny voice. And by the way, the way that this looks on Hello Kitty is she stands perfectly still and then just vi- and then just vibrates and looks right at the bird and then it goes out and the pulse sends out and smacks the bird. So scary. Love Wait, it. did it's I do terrifying. the mechanics wrong, Brian? Or no, you don't add them together. It's just whatever the highest number that you roll is. Oh, rock on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So once you got the 11, like you were good. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I like to bring the drama. (laughs) You let off this burst of energy. This last of the hummingbirds careens off to its own death. You guys hear off in the distance a very small explosion. (laughs) And you sit in this moment of quiet as Inga and and Skunder both come back into their bodies. Both of them for a moment get a little bushed as if like preparing for a fight again. I don't get bushed. 
Oh, right, Skyrim doesn't oh. get pushed. Oh, no. <laughs> Skyrim get goosebumps all his, over. His, the skin just sort of crawls up his spine a little bit, like, because that's what's happening when a cat is pushed. It's like that 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 Hayao Miyazaki animation where you see it, like, go up the back, but yeah, it's the really ripples. disconcerting when it's just yeah, hairless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Bala looks at the hummingbird that Hello Kitty killed and goes, oh, that one must have had a heart attack before it got you. What luck? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Skunder also comes back with a bow. Ooh. <laughs> I, I took Blessing of Feather and Step because fucking why not? Nice. Oh, like a, not like a, like a pretty ribbon bow. Oh, right? like, like, neck, but like a, yeah, yeah, bow and oh, okay. like a little bow tie. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. It's actually now both. It's a bow, but the, the string of the bow is a bow. Is a bow tie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, so actually, yeah, where where you knock the arrow is a little bow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he knocks the arrow with Roderick's skull, of course. And, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. And the arrows are not physical, they're magical. Of course. Of course. Uh, uh, obviously. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Is Hello Kitty, Which? I just realized that Hello Kitty is like the the little white cat from the Aristocats, but wearing the purple dress of the woman in the Aristocats. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Whoa. <laughs> I would it. say that I would say that Hello Kitty's grooming is more like comically round, like like on a like you know, those cats in like yeah. Japan that are yeah. <laughs> like shaped <laughs> like wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> those unmade. No man, whereas, but it's a cat. Yeah. Whereas like yeah. the cutie girl in Aristocrats has a little bit more like frills yeah. and stuff. You know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Similar energy. I love it. Sure. <laughs> I feel like also when Inga comes back, she's now that Hello Kitty has taught her um, some sort of like grooming tricks to make her fur look like extra fluffy and lovely. She's kind of gotten really into that. Um, and she's just Aww. furiously giving herself a bath because she's really mad that this hummingbird took her by surprise. And she's like, that was by far the least glorious of my deaths. Scudder does a little like paw math and is like, Inga, is this your last life? Oh shit! <laughs> so mechanics question. Yeah. How many? Can you get nine blessings or you get eight blessings? Uh, you start with one blessing, and then you get a blessing for each death. Oh, okay. So, so if I die again, that's it. Uh, how many times have you died? You've died eight times. Eight. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. Because I started this having died five, and then I've died three times in the past hour. You yeah. have, uh, uh, as James Bond would say, one life to live. <laughs> he did. He did say that. Is that a James Bond he thing? Did. Now I'm James realizing Bond. that might not be a James He's Bond. He's always title. saying that. He's, <laughs> He's like, it's a like classic, classic James, James Bond thing. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking you only live twice, but that doesn't apply here. Oh, you only live. <laughs> I've never heard you only live twice. Nine, nine. Oh, it's a movie. I think James Bond oh. said you're a witch a lot too. Having defeated these hummingbird assassins, having defeated these these guard dogs of this restricted section, you have learned something about what is happening in Shopping's Maw. You recognize there's something happening with humans, with with health and vitality. This is a species long extinct. It seems that someone is trying to bring back, and death is not happy. Mm. You guys begin to walk out of the noble repository of knowledge and lost tomes. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, as you walk past, you do see off to one side this uh, sigil of this this woman, this mermaid, and a number <laughs> of uh, strange, sweet uh, smells, both sweet and acrid. And Skunder, you remember this these words that were written to you, seemingly almost prophesized, written underneath this this structure for you to see, written in blood uh, about the forbidden fruit and the bitter bean. Skunder is going to run into the mermaid shack and <laughs> feast on the forbidden bean. <gasps> and his other eye becomes zoomified <laughs> as he as he unhooks his bow um, and grabs Roderick's little skull to to pull back a magic arrow and says to the target then and looses. You feast on these bitter beans, this this hot liquid. Uh, you, there's sugars, sweet and syrupy, and there's also this acrid, bitter smell, uh, and this acrid, bitter taste that you feast upon. You outside pull back on your arrow and loose, and you see a magical bolt of lightning shoot straight up, pause, and then arc hard to the right directing you towards your target. Off in the distance, you see a... Maybe this is something that you even as cats in your perspective don't see, but you do see the streak of light across the sky that stays illuminated. And off in the distance, a red ring and a red dot in the center sees a hard... (laughs) As a magical arrow stands directly in the center of it, leading you towards your target. Target. Oh my god, I can't believe I can't believe someone is doing Frankenstein shit in Target. I love Target. <laughs> That's holy ground. Yeah, they're like Frank trying to Frankenstein humans back, right? It appears so. that way. Someone is someone is researching into human fitness and vitality. Gross. It's like full Rocky full Rocky horror. <laughs> I guess. And we will find yeah. out who and for what purpose next time on my first dungeon. Night Hives to Valhalla! Woof. What's that wolf doing there? Get that wolf out of here. Get that wolf out of here. <laughs> I thought that wolf. If you're hearing this, that means you listen to every last second of this episode. If you're not caught up yet, that's great because then there's plenty more to listen to. But if you are caught up and you simply can't wait for the next episode, then you should head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and become a member of the Dice Pool. For just a few bucks a month, you'll get cast talkbacks, original games, and a full-length bonus actual play 
each and every month. As of the end of 2023, there is already over 20 hours of bonus audio, plus a whole bunch of other goodies to enjoy. So head on over to patreon.com slash myfirstdungeonpod and jump into the dice pool. We'll see you there.